welcome to the Key Chargers, a Keyforge podcast focusing on competitive play from the members of the Keyforge team, the Key Chargers. Hey everybody, welcome to the Key Chargers. We're back. And back with me, same people, Sean. Hey guys. Justin. Hello. Hey, okay everybody, um, we're going into, we're, we're going to call season three. We're going to do a little format change, probably. Um, we're going to start off the season with some preview episodes of Mass Mutation. I think we're only going to do one house this episode. Here, after a while, we'll get the Star Alliance. Um, we just kind of picked that because we picked it. So, you know, we're going to kind of start off with, obviously, it's been, uh, I was looking at the date. It's almost uh, exactly two months um, since we've uh, sat here and recorded uh, together. It's a little it's a little weird getting back into the groom up. Into the groove of it, even uh, <laughs> learning to speak is a, is a, obviously a challenge. Uh, but I'm gonna kind of go around. We'll we'll talk about what are, what have you guys been up to, Sean? So uh, basically, since uh, no keyforge has been going on, I started you know Marvel Champions. I played that for a couple weeks and then got bored of it without any any new stuff going in. I've been hitting up like the first. Uh, Lord of the Rings LCG. I've got the base set and all the APs, and then the. How's that been going? Uh, I played through the whole base set and the first six APs, and started the Kazadum base set and a few of the APs I got through, and then I just got kind of lost interest in it. I know we as a group, like uh, me, Neil, and Justin, we've been playing Gloomhaven, but me personally, I. I picked up my my two player solo Gloomhaven back because I I discovered Tabletop Simulator on it and it makes it so much easier and I've I'm actually on Forgotten Circles right now with with Gloomhaven so I've I've played quite a bit of Gloomhaven we'll just put the, put it at that yeah in fact you guys <laughs> have played Gloomhaven before um, and I and I I'd never touched it obviously you can't miss the box if you go into a game store. Um, it's the largest thing in the game store, pretty much. Um, so I, you know, I've seen it, saw the price tag, and didn't really understand exactly what it was. So I always left it alone, didn't even look into it. And um, yeah, you guys were like, yeah, let's play. And I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll play anything. So what about, what about you, Justin? And then and then the hooks were in, right? <laughs> Man, the hooks are in something else. I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, I downloaded the digital version i guess you'd call it on steam that's in some kind of pre-beta stage where you can't play the campaign you can only have so many certain characters and a little bit of limitations but i've had a blast on there as well so i've been playing that kind of like sean's doing his two-player because he actually has the board game obviously since we've been back right like frost haven came and went as far as on kickstarter i think we all three <laughs> went in with the kickstarter um I'm not going to talk about how much money I spent on the Kickstarter because I also bought the Gloomhaven <laughs> along with it. <laughs> um, it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's for something. <laughs> it's what I told my wife, who luckily had just stepped out and went shopping now to make up for it, probably. Uh, <laughs> something like that. So, well, come on, Justin, besides Gloomhaven, uh, what else? Uh, so, I have. I think traveled the world of TCGs, uh, LCGs, uh, 
just a bunch of other games that uh, seemed interesting to me. Uh, I think I I started just kind of on the on the outset of everything. I was you know looking at kickstarters and seeing what was out there and things that were interesting to me. I I would I would wait up uh, or have Kickstarter ping me when uh, the Kickstarter would open up so I could you know learn more about the game because. Most of the time, it's like companies are like, "Oh, hey, this game's coming out. This is kind of what it's like. This may interest you. Sign up for the Kickstarter, uh, and then and then let us know." So, um, so I did that. A uh, couple things that came out. Um, I I dabbled with uh, a TCG called Flesh and Blood. I haven't I haven't really played that in a in a while. Um, but uh, the one that I have been consistent with uh, is called Sky Tear, which is a card driven MOBA game. So if you like MOBAs, that one was really easy, I think, sell to local folks. Um, so I've been playing with them on TTS, uh, some Sky Tear. Um, so that's kind of been like my big thing along with Gloomhaven and you guys. The one thing I, I think I have learned through all of this is that playing on like TTS and playing on the actual board physically with other people very very different and you don't really realize it until you get to do it so like with gloomhaven i have and i've had it for almost two years now year and a half and i've played physically and then i played with tts and you guys and it it just it, it's the same but it's different um and there's something to be said about being there in person with people playing on a board versus online and 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 i think that kind of goes into i think a lot of what we say about keyforge too right and that the social interaction the game plays very very differently than if you know like on tco or something like that yeah i'll jump in real quick too and agree with you on that like uh playing in person gloomhaven and on tts I think I'm more focused on the overall, like everybody else's play when I'm playing it in person. They're playing it in person. I'll sit there and read their cards. and But on TTS, I just, eh, you're doing what you do. I'll just keep looking at my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we know with your scoundrel exactly how you played. <laughs> From me, I mean, and I think, Sean, you just started the other day, but I've been big time every week um, traveling uh, 20, 30 minute, maybe even 45 minute radius from my house, trying to play every disc golf course that I haven't had a chance to. Um, I kind of took it up about a year ago, um, after kind of wanting to for years and, um, and, uh, to have more time because less key forge. So my wife's playing, Chris is playing. You guys will know who he is, um, from the team and, uh, my son. And, um, yeah, so we've been doing that. And I know Sean just started up what, yesterday. Yep, I uh, actually ordered some discs online and received them yesterday. And uh, my son Foss and I both went out and and threw them. And lucky me, I I lose my first driver in the river on hole 14 here in Anderson, <laughs> Indiana. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I know the first time uh, we went out to a course with water, my wife lost two in a matter of like six holes. Um, one right smack in the middle of a pond, one over like a 20 foot wide creek bed into somebody's backyard that I'm like, I 
and it was like four foot deep of water. I'm like, I'm not going to go get that. So. $12 is $12. So I'll just pay for it. But uh, yeah, so doing that, uh, Gloomhaven and uh, my wife, you know, we've always kind of dabbled around with different MMOs um, since Given of WoW kind of years ago. We played some WoW classics since it's been back, but we picked up um, Star Wars The Old Republic. It's free to play. You've been having a blast. So that's kind of the rest of my time around the house. So, And uh do have two disc golf uh, baskets in my backyard because um, I have about 240 foot of stretch of yard that I can throw. So it's about the distance that I can throw at the moment. So been having some fun there. Okay. Um, so there, there's kind of a little bit of catch up. I think we're glad to be back. We're glad to have something to look forward to because we're less than a month and a half. What, about five weeks? Four weeks? Four or five weeks, I guess, away from mass maybe. mutation? And a half, maybe. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. yeah July 10th. So, and I know there was a cast. Crucible cast, right? They they came out today that talked about some rules stuff. You guys, anything we should highlight in there? Yeah, the uh, the errata to tendrils of pain. Uh, they originally said you uh, you focus you do one sentence at a time. Is the last Crucible cast is what they said, and then they I guess they had a lot of uh, negative feedback on that with other cards, and they decided to switch it back where. All damage uh, is dealt from one source si- simultaneously. So it kind of mixes the whole, you do one sentence at a time thing. And with the uh, Tendrils of Pain, they eroded that where it's still one damage instead. And then I, I think I think it reads now, deal one damage and then period. If your opponent forged a key on their last turn, deal four damage instead as a replacement effect, which kind of fixes what they wanted to do. Well, you you broke right into our next topic there. I don't know if you did that on purpose. If you did, you're like a professional. (laughs) You're a professional amateur podcaster because we definitely (laughs) have money on this. Uh, Because we definitely, I mean, one of the things I I know we've kind of bantered around the three of us that I think we we wanted to talk about kind of more publicly is, is the release schedule for this game. You know, the release schedule every six months. And, you know, obviously what's going on right now is COVID related. We're not talking about that. But I think, can, can you envision, I guess, you know, kind of the question to kind of just start up the conversation here, you know, hopefully it'll get other people to think as well. Is every six months going to, gonna is it good, bad? Um, what, what do you guys think? Now that we, I mean, this one's going to be longer than six months, but it's not their fault. Yeah, I I think six months is kind of kind of bad. I think they should shorten it to like three times a year or every four months um, because people start losing interest. I know, like with AOA, I lost interest after a month or two. You know, because you, you go every week, you play at the store events, you you play. We we try to hit up whatever vault tours we can. And it just gets stale. Same thing with uh, Worlds Collide. After a while, it just got stale. Because, I mean, we see the same things over and over and over. So, I mean, I'm looking for something new and exciting every time. And it just it gets stale after a while, after a couple months. So, I think, for you know, I, I would prefer three months. But that's that might be asking a little much. So, four times a year as opposed to three times a year. I think three times a year is more doable 
from a business standpoint with all their playtesting and creative ideas for getting cards. Well, I think I, I don't. I don't disagree. I, I think I think if if they can if they could do every four months, I think the game is go. I think the game would be a lot healthier. Would be in a better position. I been watching a lot of Team Covenant's um, uh, weekly, well, they, they do daily streams now for different games, um, and the they did, they played Keyforge once, um, and it was like several weeks ago, they played uh, some Worlds Collide decks. Uh, they were talking about, you know, they opened the deck, and then they, you know, talk about the cards, and, and they haven't done it since. Um, and then a couple weeks or last week, uh, Zach Bund said uh, somebody had posed the question about, you know, if they were going to play Keyforge again. And his response to that was that, you know, Keyforge is a game that they only have two, uh, two set releases a year. So I can play I can I can play a new set for maybe a month or two and then I can wait. Because that point, I've every I've seen everything, I've played everything, and I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not. This is not exactly what he said, but essentially, it was I can play Keyforge for one or two months and then wait until the next set because yeah. you've seen everything at that point. Um, you you've played it out. You don't you have to worry about it. And and that kind of hit me. I mean, we've all talked about the three of us have talked about this before. Um, just not on the podcast. We, we've talked about the cadence of set releases and the impact that uh, having two sets a year has on the game. Because you get in these cycles of uh, people, and, and I've seen this locally too, where a new set comes out, we do like a, a set release, we have you know two or three, maybe even four people that show up for the set release. Uh, we see them maybe one more time after that, and then we never see them again until the next set. You, so you've got this really long cadence in between sets, and I, I don't think it's healthy for the game to have that. If you're going to want, if you're going to want to bring more people in or keep people interested in the game, then at the very least, it has to be every four months. Uh, otherwise, you get in these lulls of of sets and people just may never come back and i've sure. seen that yeah i mean and I, I mean to be to be fair to ffg and in the in the keyboards i mean that happens in every game even in a game like magic Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon i mean they all release four sets a year every three months it's like clockwork i mean <clears throat> when they do that i mean you know you know that it is what it is, right? There's still people there that show up for one month and then go away for two. You're always going to have a set of people that only want to come for the new, fresh stuff, and then they, they they you don't see them again. I just think, and I think what we're trying to kind of reiterate, and I, I I'm sure no one in FFG listens to this, and if it makes other people respond and think we're crazy, that's fine. Tell us we're crazy. I guess that's what Twitter is for, right? It's telling people that they're lost their minds or something. Um, or worse. Um, so, you know, let us know what you think. But, you know, I, I just think the six-month lull is, is I, you know, I agree. It's too long. Because, I mean, we're we're an example, 
you know, the key chargers. And I would say, you know, we podcast, so we are in this game, right? Like, I mean, we, we, we want to talk about this game. We love this game. We go to vault tours. I mean, me and Sean, I mean, there's only probably a handful of people in the world who have gone more vault tours than us. Probably like one or two hands worth of people. It's probably very few that have gone to more than us. And I would say, like, we're the kind of people that are going to be in it no matter what. But, man, four months into AOA, I had had it. Like, I mean, I was bored with even sealed AOA versus sealed AOA. Like, that's the only fair way to have played <laughs> played AOA at that point, <laughs> it seemed like. And it was still boring because we had done it so many times. You know, and I mean, granted, store championships on top of primes, all of that stuff piling up before you know, that piled up into Worlds Collide, but Worlds Collide by the time, you know, not to be rude to to the world, I guess, but, you know, by the time COVID broke out, I kind of needed a break from this anyways. Um, yeah, I was ready for a break from Keyforge, you know, we were close to it just from the fact that Worlds Collide was getting boring. Yeah, and, I mean, let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit off topic here, but, uh, like, with COVID and the shutdown and lack of uh, OP, play going on um i i pretty much just i i found no interest in keyforge since then um until i guess today looking at the cards and listening to the the crucible cast it you know some of the some of these cards looking at them they're they're making me want to go back out and play and i'm ready for mass mutation to come out sure i agree you know i mean I know one of the things we were going to try to sneak in if we had time, we might as well quickly talk about it. I mean, I there were there was a multiple people within the Keyforge community that asked why, you know, with the Shadow Worlds with KIP, um, I don't know if you want to call that an experiment or whatever because it wasn't around very long, but you know, or with any kind of competitive TCO stuff and some of the tournaments that have been held, why is there basically no Key Chargers team? We had one team. At Shadow Worlds, and that was three of the guys from Louisville um, that were playing, which is great. I mean, you know, they they didn't do as well as they wanted to, but you know, they they played, and we were all for them playing. But you know, people asked, you know, why aren't you guys playing? I mean, and, and you know, it's twofold. One, I wasn't that interested. Two, I don't think TCO and KIP, whatever you want to call it, online is the same as true competitive Keyforge. Um, I think being able to stare at your opponent's deck list and knowing exactly, precisely what they have left in the deck is not Keyforge at some level anymore. It's part of Keyforge is being able to remember what's coming at you after only being able to look at a list of 36 cards for the maximum of two minutes. And I think that totally dies away and is left. And, you know, and, and the flip side of that, right, guys, is... We've told people to go play on TCO a lot in the past, but you know, to, to make sure everybody understands, that's to, to practice your deck, to, to get used to your deck, to learn your deck for reps. But as a true online competitive where there's, you know, and, and, and you know, if they gave money and prizes, great, but for, you know, you know, big prizes, you know, as far as the amount of things that they were given, I mean, you know, all the, the mats and all that stuff. I mean, that, that's some that's nice prizes to win, but I just don't think it's it's right to try to win prizes against somebody that the game isn't the same anymore. I don't know whatever you guys think. So, 
I was going to say, no, I, I 100%, 110% agree with, with everything you said. And, we, uh, you know, that there just is this, this, uh, it becomes, in my opinion, uncompetitive at that point that you have the ability to continually see what your opponent or know what your opponent has in their deck. You can count cards. You can basically assume what's in their hand at some points, um, knowing that you haven't seen a card. Either it's one of their five remaining cards or it's the six in their hand. You know you've got to play around it or look out for it. Well, that's that's true also if you're sitting down at a table across from somebody, but you have to remember that they have that card based off of the two minutes you got to look at their Archon. And there are many, many, many times where I've, I've looked at an Archon card, I have scoped out, okay, these specific cards I need to watch out for, and still have forgotten a card that was in the deck. And I, I, I see it come out and I'm like, ah, okay, if I would have known that it was, if I would have remembered that it was there, I would have played around it, but, but I had forgotten, you know, in, in the heat of battle. And, and one of the, one of the things I think about when I think about that specifically is a match that I had at last year's Gen Con against the eventual winner. I think we were both, uh, three and O going into the, into the game. Uh, into the match. Uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, the one that eventually won Gen Con last year from Atlanta. Yeah, I, I played him in Albany. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> I can picture him. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep wanting to say Matt, but I know that's not it. Um, but but anyway, in, in the game I had against him, Trevor. There you go, Trevor May. Yeah. Sorry, Trevor. Trevor. Uh, the, the, the match I had against him, uh, we got, we were down to the end, uh, had a decision to make, uh, I didn't make the right decision, but I also had forgotten that he had a restrict Guntus in his deck and that just made, that really ended up costing me, they didn't cost me the game, I think per se, but it ended the game. If I would have remembered that that card was in there, then I make it, I make a different play. Um, so, so, you, sure. but that's a different, but it's a different story when you're playing online because you're like, oh yeah, I haven't seen Ristrakuntis. Pretty sure that's in his hand. I can play around that, and and your decisions get based off of off of that. And I I don't I don't like that. Um, unfortunately, playing online that is the way it is. And so when it comes to these competitive, and I I'm using air quotes, competitive online tournaments. I can't take it seriously. And and I don't they could be giving away a thousand dollars and I don't think I would compete because it it's not it's not worth the headache to try and 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 the mental gymnastics uh to get around uh we're knowing that my opponent knows what I have all the time and I know what they have all the time. It it, it just sucks a lot of the fun out of the game for me. Um, my, my thoughts on it, like, uh, kudos, kudos to the people playing, right? Because it's, it's keeping the game alive a little bit for those that want to play and can't do so in person. Oh man, absolutely. Sean, I want to back that up, bro. Just, just let me jump in. I mean, 
Great job, Eric, and the, and the guys, you know, acknowledge his power. I mean, just the effort, Duncan, judging, the judges, everybody, you know, and, and I know server issues. And, I mean, I read, you know, it's not like I wasn't paying attention because we had a team that was playing, so I still was paying attention. Um, got great, great job by them. It's not, it's not to take away from anybody playing out there on that format. And, and people can totally disagree with our thoughts on it, and that's okay. But great job by them for keeping the community going. It's not like we're not paying attention, right? You, yeah, so, and I want to. Yeah, I just want to say that too uh, to to back up the backup. That yeah, uh, good good on on the people that are out there playing. Um, it uh, you know obviously their their opinions going to differ from ours, but um, I yeah I have zero issue with with people out there playing. And doing these things and keeping that part of it alive, because I do think that there there is a piece that that does keep the game alive. Uh, because if we didn't have these, who knows? Or the, the, these mediums, who knows? But I think they're best suited for uh, uh, learning learning your deck and, and and not a competitive format. Back to you, Sean. Yeah, yeah. But uh, as I was saying, kudos to everyone there keeping it alive for. Number one, it, it helps keep the community going for those that aren't able to play or play in person very much. Even without COVID going on, there are some people I've seen online that post like the only way they get to play is on. So at least there is something there for them to, to play and to to go kind of with you guys. I'm kind of indifferent on it. Um, I'm not. I. I'm not going to participate in competitive online for similar reasons. It's just, it's, it doesn't interest me as much as playing in person. Um, I, I know you guys say that part of the detraction is that they can see, you know, the deck list at all times, but then again, you can see the deck list at all times. So it kind of goes both ways, but it it's, it's an even playing field, but it just, uh, it's not how Keyforge is, actually supposed to be played so i i can see that um now if they if if uh ffg actually creates an online app or something similar i'll probably check it out but um i don't know if i would play competitive that way either um if it's the only way to do it possibly but man it's going on three months since i've actually played keyforge and i you know, the last two months I haven't really wanted to play Keyforge, but now I'm, I really want to try Mass Mutation. So we have to wait another five weeks to, to get to it and play. But even then, it's going to be hard to play any OP or in person because there's no OP going on. I mean, we can create casual events in the store probably, but, um, not a whole lot of people come out just for casual, I don't think. Okay, we will be right back with uh, Star Alliance. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to our second and last segment of the, the night, so, or the day, or whenever the heck you're listening to us. And uh, we are going to go through the Star Alliance cards that we know of so far. I don't think we know of all of them, but... Um, but what that are new, I guess we would say, right? That are new to mass mutation. Uh, there are obviously more that are in mass mutation, but these are the ones that are new to mass mutation. So fire us away, I think, Justin. So first card we got is Access Denied, which is an upgrade, has an amber pip. It reads, this, uh, this creature cannot reap. 
uh, again, here here is Star Alliance with upgrades uh, that you're going to want to attach to other people's creatures, which I which I like. Um, I like this card. I I like the uh, the cannot reap part of it. Um, so if you've got something with a, a good on your opponent's side with a good reap effect uh, or something that you just want them to fight with uh, or force them to fight with uh, this becomes a really good card um, I I don't really see any downside to it I agree um, yeah, yeah I give thumbs up to that card look good now, next card is blast shielding it has uh, an amber pip it is also an upgrade and it reads this creature gains plus two armor after this creature is used its controller may attach blast blast shielding to one of this creature's neighbors which to me this card is pretty amazing it, it it'll you know standard amber pip on an upgrade for star alliance uh then you've got a creature need to take care of a couple pesky creatures out there on your opponent's battle line lay it down fight doesn't take damage it takes the armor move it to the next creature they fight kill another creature doesn't take any damage or whatever. maybe a damage yeah. or two and yeah, it looks fun with like i know we we know the commander chan's back in this set right so there could be some fun with this where commander chan fights passes it to a non-house that does that fights and then passes it to maybe back to a star alliance that's on the other end now there's some fun you can happen with this so yeah, it's it's gonna uh, positioning a, uh, a battle line becomes important with this card. But again, another another absolutely solid upgrade for Star Alliance. They are the upgrade freaks. Okay, next one we have uh, Crewman Yorg. Um, it's a three power. Uh, there's no shields. It's a human thief, and it's uh, comes with enhance. So. Um, people, if you haven't paid attention to what enhances, it's the, the one new keyword and it's going to have a symbol that it's going to give, uh, some sort of ability in this in this card's case, it's going to give a capture and Amber to randomly one other card or possibly itself in your deck. Um, it will gain this icon somewhere, um, on one of your cards in your deck. Um, and this one is once again is uh, enhance. It's got a capture in amber, um, and uh, it also has an action. If uh, Crewman Yorg has no Star Alliance neighbors, you steal one. So kind of likes to play on its own a little bit in a typical thief thing, right? Yep, it's so, uh, it's this is like a second thief because I think Star Alliance had a thief in Worlds Collide where it was action still one, and this one's. Kind of cool. And again, it matters with your battle line, right? Yep. That's pretty pretty nice. Uh, again, like you said, battle line matters, but it's an action, so you can use this multiple times and, and you're going to want to have, have her in a position where she's not next to any star alliance or as far away from any star alliance as possible. So, uh, in- so cool card. And she's more powerful than uh, fingers from Worlds Collide. Yeah, I think fingers only had one one power. Yep. Yep. And, and she enhances, and she's common, so I expect to see Crewman Yorg a, a lot. 
pretty pretty basic but good effect for uh, being a common, which is kind of what we expect for Keyforge. Uh, so the next one we've got is the Demo Alien, um, and this is actually a set of cards um, that uh, come with Star Alliance, and and we'll see these we'll see this in other houses. Um, but th this specific uh, Demo Alien is uh, linked to the Shadows House. Um, it has the effect of fight. Look at the top three cards of your deck. Put one into your hand and one on the bottom of your deck. It also has a destroyed effect of steal one. And, and the other uh, aliens that are merged with other houses uh, include the dino alien, uh, which when you play it, you can exalt it. Uh, if you do deal three damage to a creature and on fight, you can look at the top three cards of your deck, put one into your hand and one on the bottom. The Lyco Alien, uh, which has Skirmish and a fight effect of look at the top three cards of your deck, put one in your hand and one on the bottom, uh, which is which is going to be like a common theme amongst all of these. Uh, sometimes they have like an additional uh, uh, ability to them. Um, you've got the uh, the Sacro Alien, uh, which has the fight effect of looking at the top three cards, one on top, one on bottom. Um, then you've got the Techno Alien, uh, which has the the base of uh, look at the top three cards, one on top, one on the bottom, but also has a reap effect of discard a card from your hand if you do draw a card. And then the Umbra Alien, which is elusive. It has the fight effect uh, of the top three cards, one on top, one on bottom. So this these uh, will, I believe, with these ones, they will link to a specific house. So if you've got Saurian, then uh, as a house in your deck, you have the potential to have the Dino Alien. And Deimos are is uh, Dis, I believe, related to Dis, not, not uh, Shadows. Uh, that would be the Umbra one. But uh, every, every house in this set has a set of cards like this. These are those special ones for Star Alliance. So I, I like the demo and the, uh, let me see here, the, the Lyco alien. The only thing the Lyco alien adds is skirmish, but with that fight ability, it's pretty good. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, adding skirmish to that one. I wish they all had that. What we got, Sean? Um, so the next card is Hadron Collision. It is an action card. The playability is remove a ward from a creature and add and deal three damage to it. This damage cannot be prevented by armor. So as a as a common, and as you saw how wards, how great wards were when they were introduced and worlds collide, this card to me seems like it's pretty good uh, when dealing with war, ward specific decks. So, um, but then again, if... Uh, if 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 you you're playing against a deck that doesn't use wards at all, you're still uh, dealing three damage to it. You just cannot remove a ward. So, sure, I mean, it it seems decent. Yeah, yeah. I guess your your standard deal three damage to something 
uh, you know, at the very least. So at least it still has use outside of uh, not removing a ward. Right. But the remove a ward just makes it better than what it, what it is. Yeah, uh, the extra utility there. Yep. Um, next card is Observe You Max. It's going to have an amber pip on it. Um, and this creature gains, it's an upgrade, sorry. And uh, it's this creature gains Fight Reap Capture 1. Um, just looking at the top of my head, uh, that, I think I see at least two other upgrades already I'd rather have in my deck. Those first two that we talked about. Uh, they both come with amber and I just like their ability better capture is just a, a delayed borrowing effect that they're probably going to get it back right I mean it I might, guess it might they could have some some sing you know if you've got if you've got the dinos in your deck the saurians I, I guess this could serve some purpose right or exactly I was going to say if it has for each amber on this creature it gets plus one power or some some such thing. I don't. I haven't really looked at the set, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I've never seen. Uh, I think Scout Pete. This next card you're going to talk or Justin going to talk about is the first time I've seen any of these. <laughs> 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 it's the first one I, I remember seeing before. Yeah, that, I, to observe you, Max. I agree. I think um, you know as as I know the set right now, uh, Dinos is probably the best use for it. Um, maybe sanctum uh but uh but yeah you know capture uh has never been a really great effect until we got the dinos so i there's there's some potential here right but captures um, underrated, right because when you capture it it's a way to delay your opponent off a key also so i mean it's not the worst thing no no if you it's not the worst thing if you if you know especially if you're if you're looking at you know, getting or trying to stall a key, I think you're just stalling a key for a turn unless you've got that amber captured onto something that can hold it for a little while. Well, yeah. Or but, manipulate the amber somehow after you capture it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like I said, but before Worlds Collide, capture was kind of a weak mechanic, in my opinion. After Worlds Collide, it becomes a lot more relevant. Because you could do something with it. Potentially. Uh, or at least, you know, being on a dino, it has it has some uh, added effect, which makes it worth having Captured Amber. Uh, so the next card is Scout Pete. Um, has a, uh, it says a creature with four power that has a pleat play fight reap effect look at the top card of your deck you may discard that card um, there's nothing wrong especially in a game that has uh 36 cards uh 36 card decks with discarding a card and thinning out your deck that's always i think always a good thing um especially in keyforge where when you when you mill your deck you just reshuffle it so basically you're getting you know a card closer to a card that you need. And if it's a card that you want, then you just leave it on top of your deck and you know what card's coming up next. So uh, I think it's a good card. Yeah, and not to mention it has Play, Fight, Reap. So I'm a big fan of the triple Play, Fight, Reap abilities. And this is one of the cards. So, I mean, it's it's pretty solid to me. Yep. The, uh, the next card is Secure... Secure a droid. Uh, 
It is a four-power creature that is also a robot. It has taunt and the flavor, the the not the flavor text, but the uh, ability is says secure droid may be played as an upgrade instead of a creature with the text this creature gains taunt. So it's kind of like a explode rover instead of skirmish against taunt, which to me I think it would probably be used as a an upgrade more times than not. At least uh, from my uh, uh, experience using uh, whatever that card was, I just said, God dang it. Explore Rover. <laughs> Explore Rover. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Explore Rover. I looked at it almost the opposite. I think you're, you're rarely going to attach this to another creature. Because you're just going to use this thing as a meat shield sitting next to something that you don't want to lose. Um, rather than, you know, unless you just happen to have something else that's also big that doesn't serve a whole lot of purpose if it gets hit a lot. Um, I don't know. That's just why I look at it. I don't think it's very good. It's common slot. I'm sure there's going to be better commons than this that I'd rather see in my deck. You know, like another Scout Pete um, than to have that card. So Right. I, don't, I mean... If- if I was looking at my deck list and I saw this, I would be kind of upset with it. I would rather have, you know, a better upgrade. Or, like you said, the Scout Pete would be a good common. So I, I don't hate it. I mean, it has... The fact that it has Taunt gives it extra utility. And it's got four power, which is... It's not, like... It's not the greatest, but it, it's also not super low. I think at most, it it, it probably will trade with something... But it also gives you the opportunity to attach it to give something taunt. So if there's something that you want to die, like maybe an imp specter or you know something like that, then um, you you you've given it uh, that ability. I I think there's some flexibility. Um, I don't. I, if I had it in a deck, I wouldn't be disappointed. Uh, especially if I had something to attach it to. Uh, it's definitely no car car, but uh, I I don't I don't hate the card. I think it's okay. Okay, next up, uh, subdue. It's an action. Gives you an amber. Liking it already. Um, play deal one damage to a creature and stun it. Um, man, it's a good thing it has the amber. Um, you know, it's going to have some versatility. Um, you know, with the amber on it, it's going to make it, uh, you know, I give it like a, a B or a C or something. It's okay. I seem to like it more than that. <laughs> Just, uh, I mean, an amber pip and stunning a creature. Like, I would want two of these in my deck. I, I think it works. I think it works well as like a, as a ward remover. Like, it's a good ping, you know? So it's like something has ward on it. You're going to ping that ward off and then you're going to stun it. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think it's an okay card. I think it's B or pesky. C. It's pesky. pesky is a good word. Yeah. What we got next? Uh, next oh. is subject Kirby. Uh, this is probably well. This is the first uh, I think mutant we've talked about. Um, yep. which is also uh, the modified version of poor com officer Kirby. He is now mutated uh, to two power with a 
play fight reap effect of you may play a non-star alliance creature this turn. So the opposite uh, of Kirby, right? Like Kirby right, the, the opposite of Kirby. Creatures. Right. Yeah. Um, and a little weaker. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I think you know it's it's one power less than Com Officer Kirby. Uh, I, I think I would rather see Com Officer Kirby than Subject Kirby in my deck, uh, which I don't think is possible unless it comes in as a legacy card. Uh, so uh, I think there's more utility with being able to play an upgrade or a action than there is playing a creature. So I'll jump in and say, I think this card is going to be as good as the previous Kirby, if not better. And I think if you look at the average, this is just me remembering. I have no idea what the percentage is. And, you know, we haven't seen any of these decks, I guess China has, um, but we have not. And, you know, people who decided to buy them from overseas for too much money um, (laughs) have done that. Um, But but I, I would say we had 18 or 19, right? 18 or 19, it was the average creatures, which is up from previous sets and Worlds Collide. At that rate, this card, you're going to get value off of it every, probably every single time you play it. You're going to play it, and you're going to automatically get to play something from the another house that's set in your hand. So Just because I of the percentage of those cards that are in your deck. Yeah, because, I mean, there's been a few times when I had Calm, calm Officer Kirby out and was unable to use his ability because I didn't have any other upgrades or, or artifacts in my hand. So, yeah, that may, that makes perfect sense. I think this guy's... I, just, I mean, talk about a card I'd rather have than every other common I've seen so far. All these other I, creatures, I mean, they're neat, but I'd rather just have several of him in my deck just to be able to play more cards. I'm a fan of the upgrades with uh, Amber Pips, but that's just me. <laughs> I uh, moving on. I'll uh, the next card is survey. It is an action card with an amber pip. It also has the enhance keyword, which enhances a card draw. So you would be able to draw one card on another card in your deck, or this one, depending on whichever one it puts it on. Um, it has a playability. Look at the top two cards of your deck and discard one of them. Um, Seems like a decent mill card, you know, to cycle through your deck a little bit and to know what what is coming up, too. So, um, yep. and it gives you a card draw. Yeah, the Amber Pip and the Enhance on this sells it for me. Yep. Um, let's keep moving because I know we're, we're definitely chunking through some time here. Uh, but uh, Teleporter Chief Tink. Uh, two-power alien creature. It's uh, got elusive and swap teleporter. It's an action, sorry. Action ability. Swap teleporter, Chief Tink, with another friendly creature in the battle line. You may use that other creature this turn. That sounds like fun. Um, Anytime you're cheating house, right? You're going to be able to play with things without a house. uh, It's going to make this thing a target. Yep. I don't think it'll survive long. Although he is elusive, Two power, but he probably wouldn't survive much to get much use out of him. It, being able to combine this with Chan just reeks of shenanigans. Yep. What do we got next here? 
the next one is the ant one dash one zero ny or uh anthony is it uh looks like it they are trying to to spell there and uh, some password form um <laughs> it is it is a six power robot uh creature with the play effect capture all of your opponent's amber at the end of your turn move one amber from anthony to your opponent's pool uh so this is like uh it's almost like drumble on crack uh <laughs> Where where you get to capture, and you don't even have, they don't even have to have seven. They just captures everything, and then politely hands it back one turn at a time. Um, I this card this card is crazy. Like I mean, yeah. it's the best card we've seen so far, hands down. You know, you, yeah, you get it in there with uh, with uh, like a a Saurian uh, house that's got uh, awesome back to uh, your opponent. Brachus or something in it. Yeah, that you could you... use all that amber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know if they're going to allow multiples, but any kind of recursion that you have, holy smokes! You stall your opponent. They keep making amber. This guy goes away. You're able to bring him back and and play him again and just take it all again before they can make another key. I mean, this guy could stall the game out forever. Yeah, yes. it seems pretty bonkers. I, I like uh, this card. Yep. The next next card is Armory Officer Nell. He is a four-powered alien creature with the enhanced draw card. And then uh, he has a constant ability. After an upgrade enters play, draw a card, which is pretty good. And Star Alliance with all the other upgrades you have. Well, it also counts for any upgrades your opponent plays too, right? This does not yep. is yes. not just it towards yes. yourself. So any upgrades, and I believe that I, I believe there's quite a few upgrades in Mass Mutation, even in other houses. Uh, this this card becomes really good. I, I won this card with an enhanced amber pip on it. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Okay, cool artwork on the next one, I think, and uh, some some fun stuff here. Away team, uh, five power alien human robot. It's a creature, although it seems like it's more of a team of creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the ability destroyed put each upgrade on away team into its owner's archives, and I will add some pretty cool flavor text if you're. Uh, into Star Trek, the after the disaster on Rodden Fruit Five, <laughs> red uniforms were discontinued. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. So just the that's not just the tip of the hat. That's like I uh, took my clothes off and tipped my entire body to you and thank you, Star Trek. Just the tip. So uh, pretty cool too, right? I mean, obviously it makes a lot of sense. This card in Star Alliance. Yeah. So, it, yep. I mean. It, it, it's a card I want. Pile a bunch of cool stuff on top of a weight team. It dies. You still get to play all that cool stuff. Especially yeah. if they have Amber Pips on them. A lot of fun. That's good stuff. We got. Uh, next one is Detention Coil. Uh, it's an upgrade with an Amber Pip that says this creature cannot fight. Uh, so now we've got Denied Access or Access Denied and Detention Coil. Uh, both upgrades that you're going to want to 
conceivably attached to your opponent's creatures um, that stop them, what stops them from reaping, what stops them from fighting. Again, uh, solid card. I'm kind of disappointed it's not a common, though. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, if you get them both, play them on the same creature, you just <laughs> ruin that guy's um, the the next card is Hayden Oswin. He is a two power human creature uh, with the ability reap game one amber for each upgrade on Hayden Oswin, which again it's an uncommon with a bunch of upgrades. So as you see, there's a couple cards now in a in a row here, or I guess not in a row that manipulate upgrades or upgrades manipulate the the creatures so to me it's pretty solid but it seems i doubt this card would live long with any upgrades on it super deck variable too you know you're gonna get some deck that has this and like one upgrade in the whole deck right so or you may get it and there's six upgrades and this card could be really cool so all right i I believe light i believe light of the archons is back in this set so there you know if it if there is a way to that's cool yeah, I think if there's a way to to put Light of the Archons on Hayden, um, then you know start attaching other things uh, or double Light of the Archons. You know, I I think it's super situational because you're you're right, Neil. You you are going to get that Star Alliance deck where <laughs> this card's in there and you get one one upgrade, uh, and then you've got to have both of them in order to to make it go around. So, I very very conditional. Depending oh, you know that same deck is going to have a way team as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We just get more teams or get great ones. Or oh my, why does this doing this for? Okay, uh, next one up: a creature, a mutant, four power, Lieutenant Commander Trigon, um, Reap ability. Discard the top card of your deck. Resolve that card's bonus icons as if you had played it. This could be good. It could be really, really good. Or it could be whatever. But with all the other the ways to kind of look at the top of the deck and discard if you want to, there could be some synergies here that that, uh, that can make this card kind of fun. It, it seems to be a worse uh, wild wormhole as a creature, as a reap effect. Yeah. yeah, but but I don't know, you know, well, it depends on the instance, right? There's times that you wild wormhole and you're like, oh, shit, I just wiped the board with, <laughs> with a commanding board presence. Or this one that really can't be bad for you. Right. Other than you hit a card with no things on it. I, you know, that would be about it. So. Yeah, it's very conditional. Obviously, you want to see this in a deck with a lot of enhanced cards. Uh that you can resolve bonus icons. I mean, it, even if it's even if you've got a deck with like a lot of amber pips on on there on your cards, this could potentially work too. Yep. Uh, I I don't like that it's not conditional. So like you have to discard the top card of your deck, and it's like, oh man, it's a card. You know, it's that board wipe that I needed. Um, that that I've just discarded, and now I've got to go through my deck again to try and get it. Sure. Um. It, if there's if there's a way to, I guess get those cards back from your discard pile, um, then it, you know this becomes a little bit better. Um, I don't think it's it's absolutely not playable. It's not horrible, but again, very conditional. 
Man, whoever gets the next card, this is this is a fun one. Uh, next one is Muted Genesis Researcher. It's a three-power creature that is a mutant scientist with Enhance. Uh, comes with uh, one of each Enhance, so it will be doling out one uh, Amber Pip, one Capture, one Damage, and one Draw Amber, uh, one Draw Pip to uh random cards in your deck um so uh, yeah again having this having this in your deck is just there's really it's, it's really straightforward you know it's handing out enhanced icons so uh one of each which is which is not bad yep i like it a lot man i mean you gotta know i mean we're we're all gonna be searching out hopefully even if this is uncommon there's gonna be decks so we you know be interesting the algorithm right or is it gonna allow four and five um because I mean, a deck with three or four of this um, is crazy. Is absolutely oh, yeah. so. Even right. two, it starts mm-hmm. to get really good. Yeah. the uh, The next card is New Frontiers. It is an action card. It has an Amber Pip. The playability is choose a house, reveal the top three cards of your deck. Archive each card of the chosen house and discard the others. Again, it's a way to go through your deck pretty quickly. And if you're toward the bottom of your deck, you pretty much know what you have left. So uh, your chances are getting better of, of uh, archiving and discarding with what you need. So, I mean, it seems pretty solid to me. Yeah, I I don't have any complaints on this one. Amber Pip, which is... Again, which is always nice. Um, the chance to, to archive uh, specific uh, house cards, uh, like you said, John. If it's you know what or you know what's left in your deck, you could definitely uh, uh, set yourself up for this card. Cool. Next one, action. Well, we're into the uncommons, by the way. We've been talking uncommons for a few cards now, um, but action particle sweep, uh, amber pip, and Playability, deal two to a creature. If it's a mutant creature, destroy it instead. I This seems like it's going to be pretty darn versatile, whether you're popping a ward, whether you're getting rid of the nuisance, you know, little thieving little rad penny or whatever it is, you're going to be able to do something. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, obviously, if it's a mutant, you're just flat out destroying it no matter what the health is. Yep. Pretty, pretty yeah. self-explanatory. Sorry, there. I'm chuckling because I looked at the at the uh, next card's uh, artwork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next card is the Stealthster. Um, it is a three-power creature that is a robot. It is elusive, and it, uh, it says uh, Stealthster, Stealthster may be played as an upgrade instead of a creature. With the text, this car, uh, creature gains elusive. So this basically is uh explore rover uh cousin brother sister maybe i don't know uh but uh instead of giving skirmish it gives elusive yeah, yep i'm indifferent to it <laughs> the uh the next card ambassador lou is a four-powered mutant politician creature uh, the ability is action, discard a card from your hand. If it is a dis or shadows card, still one. 
If it is a Logos or Untamed card, gain two Amber. If it is a Sanctum or Saurian card, capture three Amber. So it has a decent utility to it. Um, depending on, you know, what, what you need to do. Man, this card looks crazy. Like, number one, it's our first rare uh, that we've looked at, uh, starting off the rares. But, man, talk about not only that, but, I mean, the ability. You're obviously calling Star Alliance, right, to use the action. You're probably playing a couple. You're going to get rid of at least one other card out of your hand. And I want Logos or Untamed. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just be able to discard a card and say I get two Amber. Talk about, and you know. That and or a Shadows Disc type suite. I mean, not the Sanctum or Saurian are bad, depending on what you got. But man, this thing is going to it's gonna do some work, I think. I think it's going to be really, really good. Yeah, I like this card. Uh, yeah, like you said, Logos are untamed. But it allows you to play or to get rid of a card out of house and get an effect for it. So you're, you're in Star Alliance and you're, you have the, the ability to get rid of a an out of house card which lowers you know allows you to draw more at the end of your turn so uh, with with an effect associated with that and none of those effects i think are necessarily bad so so yeah i i think this is a really good card uh next card we've got sure go ahead okay were you going <laughs> were you going to say something no it was just my card, but go ahead. Oh, wait, it is your card? <laughs> yeah, Sean. <laughs> okay, never mind that. You you do your card. I'll chop all this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's my free. card, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn. I was like doing research while you were talking too, so I'm like, oh, there's a cool combo here. Uh, Commander Drexcar. That's what I'm going to call him. Uh, creature, mutant, four power. Um, uh, after an upgrade is attached, to Commander Drexcar or one of its neighbors gain one. Um, I literally was looking at this uh, just now, just thinking off the top of my head. You know, that combined with Blast Shielding? Um, oh, yeah. You just attach Blast Shielding to its neighbor that hopefully is also Star Alliance, obviously. You use that card, you turn around and attach it to him, gain one, gain one, gain one. I mean, that's a three gain plus the one on Blast Shielding itself. Um <laughs> It seems like that's just kind of crazy. So, what I like about this card is its flavor text. It's, I'll, I'll, I'll say it out for everyone. It's Dirksgar. It rhymes with Ribkixer Xer. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Ribkixer Yep. Just looks like a fun card. I like the artwork. It's uh, looks like it uh, depends on obviously the deck. You got some upgrades, several of them. It's probably going to be great um, if you're once again if you get this guy with no upgrades in deck. You're just saying why, why Keyforge, why? <laughs> even even in those even in this even though it still has utility, if you have one upgrade because that's one amber gain off of the playing the card the upgrade and him so. This one actually works if you only have one upgrade. Yep. Which is nice. The next card is Ensign El Samra. Uh, it's a creature. It's a mutant. Three power. 
uh, with the enhance keyword, uh, which will dole out uh, draw, uh, draw enhancements to cards in your deck, has an action, reveal a card from your hand, resolve its bonus icons as if you had played it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This, this may be one of the best cards we've seen so far, close to it. Right. It, it, yeah, it's it's right? issuing enhancements. Yeah. Well, it issues enhancements. And you're, you know, the chances, even if it's just a, again, if it's just a, uh, an Amber Pip. <laughs> you I mean, Mutagenesis Researcher deck with this to polish it off? Oh, yeah. Get all those bonus icons all over the place and then get this thing to kind of finish it off where it hits the board and you must kill it or the person's probably going to go crazy. Yeah. yeah it seems seems really solid, especially if there's a, a card in hand with multiple enhancements on it with the bonus icons. That would be crazy. Super fun. Uh, yeah. The, ne the next card is Exchange Officer. Uh, he is a human creature with uh, power three, play, fight, reap ability, use a friendly Star Alliance card, which as uh, if you listen to the Crucible cast number 20, um, this card will actually be a Maverick card into another house in your deck, and another card from that house will be Mavericked into, into Star Alliance, so it just swaps houses with another creature. So it will never be a Star Alliance card. But it, the play fight reap ability is awesome for that with the use a friendly star alliance card. So it's pretty much a commander Chan in another in another house. Yeah. What happens if there's a Maverick exchange officer into the other house and it goes into Star Alliance? <laughs> <laughs> they probably have they probably have something in the algorithm to Yeah, play. I would hope so, right? Because yeah. that, that would be I like sad. I think it's pretty cool. I I like the effect of of having a card from the house that this card is in Mavericks into Star Alliance. Right, and that I think that first came about with uh, Eric and or Justice Blinded his uh, his cube that he built for draft that I did. So I don't know if he got it from FFG or FFG came up with it or they kind of stole it from Eric. I'm not sure, but I like it. Yeah. I, I really like this card. Okay. I take it all back. This may be my favorite artwork. Um, hapless cadet. <laughs> um, I, I, for better, lack of a better term, a scared Garfield, um, <laughs> the helmet. Um, but a uh, three power creature, it's an alien, although it looks like a house cat. Um, it has taunt um, and destroyed your opponent loses three amber. Ah, good. Like really good. Um, I mean, taunt that you're basically forcing them to attack it. You're going to hide like an ensign or something behind it. Um, and my gosh, you're, you're going to have to just eat the amber loss. So well, yeah, you can just turn around and attack with it if they don't kill it, right? And you can make sure that they lose the amber. Yeah, basically, it's either you choose when you lose the amber, or they choose when you lose the amber. <laughs> There's no, 
timing timing when playing it is key too because you don't want to play it the turn they they forge a key right they're going to forge right pretty good card almost there Uh, almost the the next one is hold the line it is an action with an amber pip says play if there are more enemy creatures than friendly creatures draw cards equal to the difference so if you're behind on on a board this has the potential to be really good or if you have a, a deck with uh you know say 13 or 14 or 12 to 14 creatures you know this this has some utility uh, or some use in it yeah i mean anything with card draw is any idea do we know yeah. red alert's back red alert is back <laughs> Those two in the same deck. I'm going to draw all these creatures, and now I'm going to play Red Alert. <laughs> right. I'm going to take a punishment, and now I'm going to equal it out and have all these cards. Uh, could be could be kind of fun. So it's ridiculous. Fun factor <laughs> is definitely there. I don't know that you ever want to be behind on on uh, board state, but <laughs> right. I mean, there's times, plenty of times you're behind on board too. Yeah. The uh, the next card is uh, John Cargo or J O N Cargo. It is a one power creature robot with a reapability. Discard the top card of your deck and reveal your hand. Archive each card that shares a house with the discarded card. Hmm. Seems interesting. Uh, I don't know. If this should be a rare or not, but oh uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. The uh, archive ability is pretty good on it. Um, I don't know. Like a... reveal your hand. There's an awful lot of knowledge gathered. Yeah, because off the real hand, I I don't like this card. Like, and it's I only a one creature for one power. So yeah, I mean it's a rare by Keith Forge standards. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like this card. I don't like that you're revealing your hand and then you're archiving. So your opponent, first of all, knows what's in your hand. Uh, is, and if you don't hit a card that can re- to archive anything, then they just know what's in your hand. Even if you do hit something that you can archive, they know what's in your archives. So, uh, and if you only archive one or two cards, then the then you really haven't gained anything. So, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of this card at all. Okay, we got uh, Cartanu. Uh, one power creature beast. Reap. Use an artifact controlled by any player as if it was yours. Powerful ability. Possibly very powerful ability. You know, someone plays Orb of Wonder on the other side. Um, and you get to use it. Um, you know, it definitely uh, can prevent people from doing some things. Um but, uh, you know, one power at the odds of it living. It's going to be a target immediately if the other person has good artifacts. And if they leave it alone, means that they don't have good artifacts. Yep, I agree. It's yeah, just this is... Powerful yeah. ability on a weak creature. If it had two powers, then I think it's a good card. But I I would rather have remote access in my, well, it's still, in my deck. It's, it's still situational regardless. It just... It all yep. depends what's in your opponent's deck. So, yeah, 
but even if they do have good artifacts, this you put it out, it's not it's very likely not going to see the the next turn in order for you to reap with it. So, uh, next card we've got is the Matter Maker. It is an artifact with one amber pip that says you may play upgrades as if they were in the active house. I believe this is another one of the special cards that uh, shows up in anything but Star Alliance. Uh, I'm trying to remember like reading something or seeing something about this specific uh, artifact that it shows up in every other house but Star Alliance. Um, so uh, I, I could be wrong on that, but uh, it, as far as the card... What's that? As like, if you are correct on that, that makes this card better. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, it, I think that is, I think what it is. Um, so it's, it says you may play upgrades as, as if they were in the active house. I like it just because it has an amber pip. It is an artifact and allows you to play upgrades as long as you have other upgrades <laughs> in your deck. Yep. Right. Awesome. Basically, the last card coming right now, I think. So, because this is a kind of a four-parter. Really, Z. Yep. Okay. Uh, the next card is Z Force Agent Fourteen, which is a creature. It's a cyborg five power with a fight ability. Gain one amber for each upgrade on Z Force Agent Fourteen. Um, seems pretty solid. And then if it actually. I guess it get do all three come because there's three special rare cards associated with this, and they are the Z Particle Tracker. It's an upgrade. The Z Ray Blaster, which is an upgrade, and the Z Wave Emitter, which is an upgrade, and they all have an amber pip. Um, the first one is the Tracker. It says uh, this creature gains fight. Search your deck for an upgrade, and put it into your hand. Shuffle your deck. Which is crazy, especially if you have Z Force Agent out. <laughs> Along yeah, with what um, the other two do. Holy smokes. <laughs> uh, then you got the Z Ray Blaster, which is this creature gets plus three power and gains before fight, deal three damage to each neighbor of the creature. Uh, this creature fights. And then the last one is the Z Wave Emitter. Uh, at the start of your turn, ward this creature. <laughs> I mean, if you if you line that up, I mean, what is this thing? An eight power that's going to go search for even more upgrades, going to be warded, dealing three to neighbors, and it's an eight power. That's crazy. Right. And, well, and then when it fights, it gains one amber for each upgrade. So <laughs> you're gaining three if you get all this on there. Well, yeah, this looks like it is. So you get the you get him, the Agent Fourteen, and then you get the other three upgrades with him as the specials. Then you start throwing on all of these other cards that interact with upgrades in Star Alliance, and those cards instantly become so much better. So, I mean, this because this is guaranteed. It's like a Star Alliance way of doing one of the big creatures, right? Yes. Because you're doing it with upgrades instead of having two cards that you have to go find together. I dig the card art on it too. He's he's got all of the, he's got all of these gadgets and then he's got a one he's got one arm with a thumb up. Well and I it's, the I mean in the the flavor text, the logos 
didn't appreciate my genius, perhaps the Star Alliance will with a little thumbs up. <laughs> oh my God, that's pretty cool. I, uh, I really like this card. Yeah, looks like it's going to be fun at least, right? Like if you get that in a deck, it may not be the most competitive, you know, who knows? We'll see what everything else has in store for us because I've literally not looked at any of the rest of the set. But at, at least this is going to be fun where you have kind of a goal, right? Like you get to like, can I do this? If I can, I may not win the game, but this could be fun. Okay, everybody, we're going to wrap it up for the night. We will be back here in the next two weeks. We are going to squeeze in two more episodes, um, even though that doesn't really go into our every other week schedule. We're going to figure out a way to do it um, before the launch of Mass Mutation. So um, you can reach us wherever you can find podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, all that, wherever you're listening, just keep finding us there. Um, you can email us at the key chargers at gmail.com. Where else, guys? We are on Twitter at the underscore key chargers. Uh, you can reach out to us there, make fun of us, yell at us, call us names. It's always a good, it's always good what uh, Twitter's good for. We are also on Discord, which you can see in the notes down below. Um, we are active on there. We haven't been very active due to the the whole self-quarantine, but uh, it's starting to pick up a little bit here. So feel free to get on there, say hi. Okay, everybody. Have a good uh, couple of weeks. We'll see you later. See you soon, bye. guys.